Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. For some of you who are old enough, you may remember that opening line from the 1976 song, Fly Like an Eagle. If you're not quite as old, you may remember Seal's version of it uh, in the movie in 1996, Space Jam. And even if you're only just one month old, you may have heard it exactly one month ago uh, on The Tonight Show when Steve Miller sang it again uh, exactly one month ago. That is, if your parents let you stay up late enough uh, to watch that. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. It's a really interesting and powerful song, and the point of the song is there's lots of good things that we should do and could do in this life. There's lots of needs that need to be met, but the problem is there's never enough time. It feels like time is always slipping away. We have all of these plans and ideas, but there never seems to be enough time to do them. Maybe if you're not familiar with the song, you're familiar with the feeling. Perhaps this past week, you rushed from appointment to appointment. Uh, maybe you got stuck in traffic on the Beltline, and you kept looking at your watch or your clock thinking, what in the world? This is taking like 40 minutes to do a normally a 10-minute journey, and you thought, I'm going to be late. There's not enough time. Maybe at some point during this week, you started thinking about some stuff coming in the future. Tests or projects or exams, work situations, holidays, and you start thinking to yourself, I feels like I'm drowning now. What's gonna happen when that stuff arrives? Or maybe you have the opposite issue. Maybe you were sitting in class this week, staring at the clock thinking, can time go any more slowly? When are we going to be done? And maybe you feel like you have too much time on your hands. Time, it's this really fascinating thing. In many ways, time is a lot like money. We talked about money last week. Time is like money. In fact, we often say time is money. But there's a crucial difference between money and time. Money... We all have different amounts of it. Every single person in this room have different access to monetary resources. That's not true of time. Every single person in this room has the exact same amount of time, 24 hours in a day. Yet some of us, even though we all have the same amount, some of us never seem to have enough time. Others of us seem to always have too much time. And some of us go back and forth between the two. And the question is, what does God have to say about time? We're going through the book of Titus and we're doing a topical series and Titus is choosing our topics for us. And you're like, well, we've been in like Titus 1-7 for like months. <laughs> And you may go and look in Titus 1-7 and you may say, I didn't see the word time anywhere in that verse. It's not there. The word that is there is the word self-control. 
And one of the areas in which our lives often feel most out of control is in our schedules when it comes to time. And this morning we want to talk about what God has to say, how we can bring God's control of all things to bear into the control of what's going on in our lives when it comes to time. So what I'd like you to do is if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the rack in front of you. In those Bibles, it's page 827. Mark chapter 14, page 827. In just a minute, we're going to read a story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It begins in verse 32. But before we get there, I need to explain for a few minutes how time works in the Bible and in the rest of life. If we're going to understand what God has to say to us about time from this passage and other places in the Scriptures... We need to step back for a minute and talk about how time works in the Bible. And really, when you read through the Bible, when you come to try to understand what God says about time, there are two different ways or two different things uh, that God uses the word time to describe. The first is what the Bible calls set times. Set times, these refer to the assignments, the seasons of life, the times that are appointed to us. For example, if you're a middle school student and your teacher says to you this week, the time set for the test is on Wednesday, that's a set time. The teacher has set that time aside for a test. It's been appointed. It's an event. You might think of event time. The Bible calls it set time. These are the seasons, the assignments, the things that have been appointed for us. The second kind of time or usage of the word time in the Bible is what I would entitle spending time. This is more familiar concept to us. When we think about days and hours and months and years, this is clock time. This is the stuff we tend to measure, and it has to do with how we spend our time. If you take that example of a middle school test on Wednesday, when the teacher says the test, the time set for the test is Wednesday, that's set time. When you spend four hours between now and Wednesday studying for that test, that's spending time. Or to take another example, if God has appointed for you a season of struggling with cancer, that's a set time. God has allowed that cancer into your life, and it is a season, a set appointment from God. The days and months and perhaps years that you go through cancer and deal with it, that's the spending time. 
Does that make sense? So the Bible talks about set times and spending time. With that in mind, let's look at our story in Mark 14. We want to see from Jesus' life how time is meant to work in our lives. Mark 14, verse 32, this is the Garden of Gethsemane. So it's Thursday night before the crucifixion on Friday. Verse 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus took, said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. This is one of the most, if not the most, agonizing moments in Jesus' life. It's so difficult and so hard, he wishes he were dead rather than, being, than going through this. Verse 35, going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back again, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. All right, look back at verse 35. Do you see the word hour in verse 35? He prayed, if possible, the hour might pass from him. That's set time. It's not spending time. Jesus is not praying that from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., that 60 minutes would somehow pass. What he's praying is, is he has been assigned the appointment of being crucified. And when he refers to let this hour pass, what he's saying is, in this time that has been set for me to die for the sins of the whole world, he's asking God, is there any way for this set time to go away? Do you see in verse 37 also the word hour? He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? That's spending time. He's talking about 60 minutes. And what Jesus says to Peter is, why are you spending your time sleeping? What's Jesus spending his time doing? Praying. Now here is the all-important question to understand how time works in this story in the Bible, and in our lives. Why is Jesus spending his time praying and Peter wasting his time sleeping? It's because Jesus 
understands the set time that he's in. He recognizes this is the time of the crucifixion. I didn't pick this. I don't want to go through this. But this is the season, the appointment, the event, the time set by the Father in heaven. And because it's the time for the crucifixion, that means that Jesus should spend time praying. Understanding the seasons drives how he spends his time. Why does Peter not pray? He doesn't recognize the season. He doesn't understand the time that's been set. Jesus has said to him, you're going to be sifted like wheat. Satan asked if he could sift you like wheat, if he could tempt you. This is the time that's been appointed for that. And so Jesus says, you should spend your time praying because this is the season of temptation. But Peter doesn't recognize that. He doesn't understand that. So he spends his time not on the basis of what the season is, not on the basis of the event he's about to go through, but on the basis of what his flesh wants. He's tired. He wants to sleep. And the difference between how Jesus spends his time and how Peter spends his time is the all-important distinction, which leads to this principle. Set times should determine spending time. In God's economy, set times should determine spending time. This is how Jesus is operating. Peter is letting his own desires, his own flesh, determine how he spends time. That's a pretty common thing. But what the scriptures and the life of Jesus are teaching us is that the set times, the times that have been set for us by God, the assignments, the seasons, the events, these are the things that should determine how we spend our time. Look with me, if you will, down at verse 41. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed, delivered into the hands of sinners. Why does Jesus stop praying? Because it is now time to move on to the betrayal. He recognizes when Judas shows up, the time has changed. There was a set time for prayer. This is that time. You could say, well, Jesus should have, he could have kept praying forever. Yes, but he recognizes now is the time to stop praying because it's the time for the betrayal. And it's not just in the Garden of Gethsemane. Go back through and read through the Gospels and see how many times Jesus says things like, yeah, no, I can't do a public miracle because my time has not yet come. It's not time for public miracles. He starts out his ministry and he says, repent for the kingdom of hand is here. The time has come for preaching. People are saying, hey, look, you got to come over here and you got to heal all those people. And Jesus says, this is not the time for that. I must go to these other cities because it has been appointed to me to preach the gospel there as well. His brothers say to him, hey, aren't you going to go up to the Feast of Tabernacles? You're a public figure. You want everybody to know who you are. He says, 
it's not time for that. I am a public figure, but it's not the time set for me to be a public figure. There's some Samaritans who, when Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, say, hey, will you come visit us? And Jesus says, no, I can't. This is the time set for me by the Father to go to Jerusalem. And if you look throughout Jesus' life, this is how he's making his decisions about how to spend time. He's not deciding, what do I feel like doing? What does my flesh want to do? What does everybody around me want to do? He says, what are the assignments that the Father has given to me? And he spends his time on the basis of the times set for him. Now, how do we put that into practice in our lives? Well, I'd like to walk you through an exercise together that I'm going to lead us through. I get that it's a little bit uh, maybe pedantic, uh, but this is such a confusing topic and so difficult. I just want to walk us through how set time and spending time can and should work together in our lives. Because the all-important question for you and I If God is saying that set times should determine spending time, this raises the question, what are the set times in our lives? What are the things that God has appointed to us? What are the seasons, the events, the appointments that God by his sovereignty has set for us so that we can spend our time accordingly? So here's what I want to do. I'm just going to put a little chart up here. Uh, This is just Monday through Sunday. It's a standard week. And I want to talk through this, uh, how this might work. Okay, set times should determine how we spend our time. The question is, what are the times that have been set for you and I? For all those who are here this morning, who are Christians, there is some uh, non-negotiable, absolute, I know 100% that this is a set time set for you by God, and let's start there. The most clear time that has been set is that God has set time for you and I to meet with Him. In the Old Testament, The most common Hebrew word for time is also, in a slightly changed form, the word for assembly. That when we gather together, the Lord has appointed this time to meet with him. And in Israel's history, the seasons, the festivals, the times of gathering together, God refers to these are the set times. These are the times set for you and I to engage with him. So since that is true for every person here who is a believer in Jesus, that's a set time. On the schedule, I just blocked off a couple of hours to spend on that set time. This is the time set. We're going to spend time in accordance with the time God has set. We also can see from the life of Jesus that not only does God appoint for us to meet with him weekly in assembly, in worship, and in praise, he also sets times for us and encourages us to meet with him daily. And in Jesus' life, he recognized each morning there was time set aside for him to meet with the Father in prayer. So let's say we do that. Let's say we just uh, carve out or allot 
15 minutes. 15 minutes a day. I happen to put it in the morning there at at 7 o'clock. But you understand the point is that God has appointed or set times for us to meet with him. So now we're going to spend some time doing that. And so we sort of fill in Monday through Friday. There is some time that we're spending 15 minutes a day in relation to the fact that this has been set for us. Another thing that God has absolutely set for every one of us who are Christians and believers in Jesus is time for Sabbath rest. Okay, Sabbath rest is not perhaps what you might think of from uh, culture or those kinds of things where they say, does that mean it's time when you don't do anything? No, Sabbath rest, according to the scriptures, is time for worship, but also just the enjoyment of life. It's the time in which you're not doing the stuff that really drains your energy. And the New Testament is very clear. You're free to take a day and do Sabbath rest with that. You're also free to take time every day. So let's just put in some Sabbath rest. God has said, I want this from you. I want you to experience it. Let's just say you say, you know what? I'll spend some time on Saturday mornings. That's when I'm going to just, that's going to be rest time. It's just going to be enjoyment of lifetime. Maybe it's sleep in time. Maybe it's go for a walk, do fun things. And then maybe also you say, you know what? I'm also going to allot some time every day to that. Maybe an hour or two, and I'm not going to put this one up on the screen, but maybe an hour or two before bed. You're going to watch something you enjoy watching or read something you enjoy reading or do something that is just part of enjoying life. These are set times that God, by his sovereignty and authority, has not when they happen. You understand that? I'm not saying that God picked Saturday morning. I'm just saying he has appointed time for worship, time for prayer, and engaging with God individually, and time for rest and enjoyment of life. And so what we do is then we choose to spend our time based on those things. Everybody with me so far? Okay, now we move into some things that might be slightly more individualized. If you're married, God has set marriage for you. Marriage is a set time from God. Therefore, you ought to allot some spending time to that set time. And so let's just say that on Friday night, uh, you choose that as date night and say, you know what, we're going to allot a couple of hours uh, for you and your spouse to just spend time enjoying getting to know one another, enjoying being married. If you're not married, maybe you're like, you know what, that's time. I want to make sure that I hang out with my friends uh, to continue to establish and deepen those relationships. I'm not saying that's the only time you ever see your spouse. And I'm not saying that's the only time you ever hang out with your friends. But you see what we're doing? We're recognizing that God has put a spouse in our life. And so we are spending time on that appointment. Likewise, maybe you're a college student. Well, if God has assigned you to be a college student, then there are set times he has assigned you to be in class. So we just simply put those uh, on the schedule. There may be homework that goes with those classes. That is set for you by God through the authority of your professor or your teacher. And so we say, you know what? Generally, I need a few hours a day to be able to do that. Well, we're going to have to spend time because that's the set time for us. Maybe you're a student in school, uh, in high school or middle school or elementary school. And you're like, well, school basically runs from 8 to 3. And so I just sort of put it in there uh, on Wednesday. That is time set for you. By God, you're going to have to spend time doing that. 
Maybe you're a grandparent. That's God setting a season, an appointment for your life. Maybe you decide, you know what? Because God has set that in my life, I want to take my grandkids to breakfast every Friday morning. Okay, whatever it may be, we then decide to spend time in connection with that assignment. Maybe you're a non-Christian living in, or sorry, maybe you're a Christian living in a non-Christian neighborhood, and you think, you know what, I feel like God has appointed me to be in this neighborhood as a witness. And maybe you're going to say, you know what, I want to do a Bible study uh, in my neighborhood. Okay, well, there we have on Thursday, we're going to spend time on the basis of the recognition that God placed me in this neighborhood as a witness, and that is an assignment, an appointment, a set time from God. You with me? All right. Let's move on to stuff that's even perhaps slightly more individualized. Imagine that this is a season that God has appointed for you to struggle with cancer. That is a time set for you by the Lord. The proper response is to spend time in light of that set time. So there is time required for chemo. There's time required for rest. There's time required for uh, just trying to survive and endure. What are the times in the week that go with that assignment? Maybe uh, you're currently in a season of being a basketball player. Okay, well, there are times to spend on practice and games and hanging out with teammates. Maybe this is a season that God has assigned you to take care of an aging parent. And maybe you say, well, I need to spend time because this is the season of aging parents. Maybe that season will pass. Maybe you're just entering. It's not going to last forever, but in this season, you recognize God has set that as an assignment for me. So every Thursday morning, I want to go over and just have breakfast or spend some time with my mom or my dad. Okay? This is the idea, is that we are deciding how to spend our time on the basis of the times that have been set for us. Now, how do you make this happen? Let me give you five suggestions. And the reason I say five, you're like, well, my sheet only has four. Because the first one's not really a suggestion. So put this one as number zero. Because this one's an assignment. Now, as soon as you hear the word assignment, what should you think? I have to spend time to do the assignment. I think this assignment is from the Lord to you through me, so I'm encouraging you to please do it. And the assignment is this. Spend some time, and you should be thinking, well, could I do that today, next week, wherever in your week, and set aside time for however long to pray and talk to God about the subject of time. And so right now you may be thinking, you know, I could do that for 10 minutes today, or I can do that tomorrow morning when I have my time with God. Whatever that is, your assignment is spend some time talking with God about time. Some of us, during that time, may need to confess to God that we've made time an idol that we think to ourselves, if I just had more time, if I just had more time, I could do so many more things. 
that's actually making time an idol. Some of us may need to confess to God that we have been wasting time. That God, instead of thinking about the things assigned to me and driving my time that way, I've been deciding, what do I want to do? What do I feel like doing? My flesh wants to sleep, or my flesh wants to play video games, or my flesh wants to eat, or my flesh wants to watch videos on YouTube. We may have been making decisions not on the basis of the assignments from God, but simply on the basis of what do we want to do? And we may need to confess to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry for that. All of us probably need to ask God by his spirit to help us to understand what are the seasons of life that we're in? What are the assignments and the set times? Which of those are from God and which of those are not? So that's your assignment. Mine too. Now four suggestions as you think this through. Number one, this is just a suggestion. As you go through your week this week, Try writing down what it is you're spending time on. Sometimes it's helpful just to get a handle on, well, where am I spending my time? Before I try to figure out what to spend it on, what am I currently spending it on? And you might go through and just write down, okay, well, I spent an hour doing this, or I spent a half hour doing that, or what did your week look like? What will it look like this week? Because if you're like me, we are notoriously bad at estimating accurately how much time we're spending. We think to ourselves, yeah, I probably watch about an hour of YouTube every day, and then you actually track it, and you're like, well, that phone says I spent about three hours doing that today. Or you may think to yourself, I spend a lot of time hanging out with my parents, building that relationship. And then you write it down, and you think, hmm, maybe I don't spend as much time as I thought I did. It's just really useful to just take a look at how am I spending the time that has been allotted to me? Second suggestion, do exactly what we just did this morning. You just take a blank week and start thinking through, what are my assignments from God? I already did half the work for you. The stuff with church, prayer, Sabbath, but now you just have to figure out where does that go in your schedule? When are you having that prayer time, that time with God? And again, you didn't see on the schedule like eight hours of prayer every day. Jesus didn't pray eight hours every day. We're just simply saying God has caused you to meet with him. What's the time you should assign to that? When's your Sabbath rest? When is the time in your week in which you're just going to enjoy life? Then you go through, are you a student? Are you an employee? Do you have aging parents? Are you struggling with a health issue? Are you part of a sports team? Are you in a musical? And you just simply try in the week to say, okay, where am I spending time based on the assignments and the things in my life? Third suggestion, if after you do that, you think, well, this stuff doesn't fit. Like, I got all sorts of stuff. There's like eight things that are supposed to happen on Monday night. This is a sign that something is wrong. Please understand this about God. He is so kind. He will never give you more set times than you have spending time to spend. And if it feels like there's too much or too little, it just means something in the list of set times isn't right. 
Maybe God has appointed for you to be a student during this season. But maybe God has not appointed for you to get all A's in all your classes this season. Maybe that came from the world or yourself or someone else. And maybe you're not thinking through those set times in the right way. Maybe God has appointed for you to be at the company that you're at. And there are times that have to be spent at work. But maybe you're trying to achieve or accomplish more than what God has set for you. And so the third suggestion is, if something feels out of balance, if it feels like there's not enough spending time or too much spending time, something's wrong in the set time list. And then the fourth suggestion, understand where it is that God's at work. We in our modern society, because of the watches and the clocks and all that stuff, we spend most of our time thinking about spending time. We're constantly measuring hours and days and months. When we're sitting in traffic on the Beltline, we're thinking, when am I going to get there? We live in the world of spending time. But if you go through the scriptures, God spends a lot more time on set times. In fact, there's only one miracle in the Bible that deals with spending time. It's in the book of Joshua. And Joshua needs more spending time in his day. And so God does a miracle and he holds the sun still in the sky and he gives Joshua more spending time. But then he says, look, this is a unique miracle. This is not a daily occurrence. And in fact, God is saying, this is not where I'm at work. If you go through the scriptures where God is at work is in the set times. Daniel 2 says it this way. He changes times and seasons. That doesn't mean he changes hours and months and years. He changes the set times of life, the seasons, the appointments, the events. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. This is where God is at work. And if you say, look, Lord, I'm trying my best, but I've got too much on this set time list. Can you change an assignment? God, I'm not sure that I can handle all that's going on with this aging parent or this difficult thing in this class or whatever. This is where he is at work. And so the prayer is not, please, God, make Wednesday longer. The prayer is, Lord, I got too many appointments on Wednesday. I need you to show up and change something, do something, convict me, point out what's wrong in this list. Because the reason God's at work in the set times is because the set times determine the spending time. As we close, think back with me for a moment back to Jesus. The amazing thing about Jesus to me, one of the many amazing things, he's never stressed out about time. Have you noticed that? We love being stressed out about time. We say to one another, how are you doing? I'm busy. You know, Jesus never says that. We wear it like a badge of honor. Jesus says, it just shows you got stuff messed up. And here's the crazy thing. Now, you and I might think in our heart of hearts, well, I got more to do than Jesus did. 
He didn't have to deal with traffic. He didn't have to deal with my boss. He didn't have to deal with all this kind of stuff. I understand what you're saying. But on the other hand, Jesus did have to train disciples. But he only really tried to train 12. Why not more? That wasn't what was set for him. He did have a public ministry, but it was only about a year. Why not more? That's not what was set for him. He did ministry in Galilee and Judea. You're like, well, why not the rest of the world? That's not what was set for him. The reason why Jesus is not stressed out about time is because the Father has set for him appointments and times, and he abides by those, and he submits to those. And the amazing thing is you can say about Jesus, I'm not sure this is accurate, but you could say, you know what? He has access to more divine power than I do to do miracles. We have the Spirit, so we have access to the same power. You can also say about Jesus, maybe, maybe not, that he has more wisdom than we do. Through the Spirit, we also have access to his wisdom. But you know what you can't say about Jesus? That he has more time. God incarnated himself into a 24-hour day. And at no point does Jesus multiply time so he's got more time to do stuff. Why not? Because that's not how it works. And the blessing of God is saying, look at how Jesus lives his life. Look at all he accomplished. Look at the things that he did. And most of all, Look at the fact that he neither wasted time nor was stressed out and run over by time. And the urging is, why not follow his example? That as you and I get the list of set times right, as the Lord leads us and guides us, because remember, we have the spirit of Jesus, meaning the same spirit that empowered and guided and led Jesus, that's who we have. And God's promise is, look, you're spending all your time thinking about this stuff. Let my spirit lead you through this, and the rest of that will take care of itself. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast from Calvary Church. We hope this message has brought the light and hope of God's presence into your life, refreshing your soul for the journey the Lord has you on. If you have a spiritual need or would like to connect further with the work God is doing through Calvary Church, seek us out online at calvarygr.org. On our website, you can also find an archive of previous messages from this series. Thanks for listening.